Hey guys, welcome to the Change Up Podcast. Josh and Chad here. This is where we talk about culturally relevant topics, but we look at them through an honest gospel worldview. Let's get it. What's up, Chad? What's going on, Josh? How are you doing today? I'm good. We're sitting here on a nice Sunday morning. Just had a great time of worship, and we haven't really done one of these. We've never done this before. Yeah. We're going to be so spiritual. <laughs> we just sat through some praise and worship and the Word of God, and we are ready to go. Ready to rock. What are we going to talk about? Well, today I thought it'd be cool. We're embarking on... we've. The, you you guys starting and planting campus outreach at Southeastern's campus. We've referred to it here a few times on the podcast, but you and and Matt and you can tell more about your team what you're what you're doing. But um, like it's happening this next week. You're yeah. about to get after it Monday yeah. morning, bright and early. So I thought I thought it'd be awesome for us to hear what's happening there and 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 through that process of what you've been learning and what you're preparing for intentionally. I thought it'd be really cool um, to apply a lot of that to our own lives because the one thing when I was in campus outreach a long time ago that that I was taught that I know you're learning is just intentional lifestyle evangelism that goes beyond just college campus it goes into everyday life I mean it's it's really what trained me to to think intentionally in my own world Um, and it's what we're trying to train our church on and in the business world or wherever and so I thought this podcast would be awesome to kind of get some lessons for everyone to apply in whatever context that they're in right yeah, now. So, totally. so <clears throat> kick us off. What, what's what been going on in the past um, week or so? I know you guys have been training a lot, and uh, give us kind of a overview of what this semester is supposed to look like. Well, so we, we have a regional director mm-hmm. who's been doing CO. One thing I'll say about CO, just to back up a little bit, I love it because it's like no one's ever heard of it. And yeah. it doesn't have a lot of branding recognition. Mm-hmm. But it's been going on for 43 years now. Yeah. Um, like John Piper, Matt Chandler, they all endorse it heavily. Mm-hmm. John Piper says it's the best thing that he's ever done in his like 30-plus yeah. years of ministry is bringing it to his town. Um, right. So they have a huge impact for the kingdom, mm-hmm. but you never hear about them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because they're they're more about – spreading the vision of what they're about than who they are Mm. you know like it's not like hey let's be like ceo let's do ceo's way like Mm. because their way is not anything new it's evangelism right you know and it's relational Mm -hmm. and so because of that they don't get a huge like i was sitting down with the fca guy and fca has recognition all over the country Mm -hmm. and so how much easier is it for them to step into a new campus and start meeting and start Mm -hmm. having people just come and find them and so that's, I think you see that a lot with certain ministries, and there's nothing wrong about that at all. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a little bit of a difference or a distinction. Right. Is that we don't um, attract people to us um, by the nature of, of who we are. We have to go out and find them. Mm-hmm. You know? so, and that's what this next semester will look like is um, really laying the groundwork. Um, we're calling it year zero. Mm-hmm. It's not year one because we're really not going to do much in the terms of, 
uh, discipleship and uh, and uh, establishing in the faith because it's going to take us that long to really get on campus and get to know the campus really well mm. and just laying the groundwork. There's probably like a farming analogy for that. You know, like <laughs> yeah. What do you do like before you're, you're the season? You're plowing start? the field. You're plowing. You're tilling the ground, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, getting the soil ready. Oiling up the tractor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Putting my boots on, eating some oatmeal. Right, right, right. Um, kind of backtrack a little bit. What's What's been some things you've been doing this past summer to prepare for this moment so you know talk about raising support what's been going into that as well as some of the training things that you've went to and this past week i know you guys have been doing some meetings and trainings and so what's what's kind of prepared you all for going on mission yeah so since april we've been because it's a support raise positions we've been doing that you know contacting Mm -hmm. friends and family who i'm sure a lot of listeners on this podcast are on our support team which Mm -hmm. is it's been a huge blessing to to do that um they always say after someone comes on staff and raises support it's kind of like a like a groaning they at -hmm. at first everyone has that attitude but afterwards they ask like if you could have been given the option would you rather just a salary or support raise and everyone chooses support raise so that's been a huge blessing just seeing all the people that are excited about what god's doing on the campus Mm um other than that so LSU has a campus outreach organization as well. So we kind of team up with them. We're all in the same region. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I went to a training with them um, back in November. We went to Birmingham. And that was cool. It was right up your alley. It was mm-hmm. a biblical counselor, yeah, yeah. I believe. And uh, he taught us um, really practical stuff on how we're going to counsel high school students. Like the landscape of college high school. Yeah. <laughs> You're um, in co- it's, it's college. <laughs> The landscape of high school and college has Mm -hmm. drastically changed in the past decade and what these students are um, going through and um, battling with, Mm -hmm. like the anxiety level is just unreal. Like they equated to the anxiety that soldiers felt back in World War II. Wow. You know, so I have no idea how they um, quantify that. But the point is uh, they're going through a lot and we need to be trained on how to counsel you yeah. know, and walk with students through different things than we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know like depression, anxiety, suicide rates have risen at that mm-hmm. age age level. Yeah. Obviously drug addiction, things of that nature yeah. at that at that age is typical, you know, that's typically when people get introduced to and start start their addiction journey mm-hmm. is high school to college. And so, yeah, you're going to be facing a lot of that kind of stuff. And so being equipped to take the gospel into that context, but also to be able to practically work through a lot of those issues is super helpful. Yeah. So, I think the anxiety diagnosis is like one in six mm-hmm. students are diagnosed. And you think about all the students that feel it on a day to day and never like, Oh yeah. I'm sure I felt anxious. I've never um, talked to anyone about according it. According to the DSM five, Pretty much everybody could at one point or another go in and probably get diagnosed as anxious, right? <laughs> depending on what's going on in your world. And, you know, and in college, it's such a time of you don't know who you are. You don't know, like you're still discovering what you want to do with your life or everybody's telling you you should do something with your life and you have no idea what you're supposed to. I mean, the anxiety is just, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're worried about money, finances. <laughs> Yeah. All that stuff. No, they struggle with everything we struggle with and then more because mm-hmm. social media is in their face and they're comparing. Yeah. And, and so it's a really tough, um, it's a tough environment. And then add to all that, now you're in this institute of learning, mm-hmm. which 
is about like expanding your mind and all your ideas. So right. it's really just a graveyard for new Christians and for weak right. Christians. They say uh, 70 to 90% of students that grow up in the church, mm-hmm. once they get to college, by the end of their freshman year, they'll walk away from their faith. And why do they say that is? Well, they don't, I think there's different, um, there's different ideas around that. What mm-hmm. I believe it is from my research is that the students just, they grew up seeing their parents' religion, but mm-hmm. also seeing this level of uh, disingenuousness. Mm-hmm. And and basically, students today are highly keen on if you're genuine or not. Yeah. And so that kind of is all in line with that. I mean, mm-hmm. if they see their parents living a lie but going to church all the time, what's the relevancy for them mm-hmm. to continue in their faith? And so sure. they have to see a faith. And that's that kind of goes back to what we're talking about um, in our parenting episode was that our students, our parent, or our, our kids, mm-hmm. our kids have to see us live out a genuine faith. Mm-hmm. And so students, the same thing. Like if we're doing ministry, um, but just think about like, even if you're not in college ministry, if you're ministering or witnessing to your neighbors, mm-hmm. like they need to see a genuine faith. Right. Not just like this person that goes to church and checks the boxes. Right. And then obviously the world's knowledge, quote unquote, um, you're seen as an intellectual when you follow the philosophies of this world and you're seen as kind of ignorant if you believe the Bible. Mm -hmm. So now they're being faced with that and inundated with that all throughout college. Yeah, we think of it as like a buffet of philosophies and they Mm -hmm. show up to college and they're like, pick and choose because you won't find out in college that it doesn't work for you. You'll find 10 years down the road once you leave Mm. and then your world is upside down. And you're like, what do I do? And so the gospel is not going to thrive just by default mm. on a college campus because there's too much at you know there's too much warring for the future because they really are the future of our country. Absolutely. And so we have to reach them uh, and it, it takes uh, active laboring mm. to bring forth the gospel message. Which I got two questions that just popped in my mind. One, um, you just brought up a great point. They are the future of our society. And so speak for a moment about the importance of laboring on the campus, what what has been maybe taught to you this past in preparation for this, but like kind of talk to us, I think, you know, especially for many of us who are removed from college about the importance and the urgency of, of ministering the gospel at someone in that age range in that group. Yeah. So the campus outreach's mission statement is um, building laborers on the campus mm-hmm. for the lost world. And so we, we're not on campus to build up campus outreach. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just there under that name. But ultimately what we want to do is equip people with the vision of being a disciple maker mm-hmm. and then go out into their professions right. and do that. And so the reason that's so strategic on the college campus is because if I have a Bible study and I got 10 guys that come to it Mm -hmm. and I walk with them for four years and they're all changed and they're all going to go out into 10 different professions, you know, so we have a wide range of being able to reach Mm -hmm. students. So it's, it's very strategic in that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're going to send them out to all different uh, churches, cities and professions. Yeah. I mean, essentially you're, you're building up missionaries for the world, you know, like you said, laborers for the world. Well, how stoked would you be before we even start up CEO? Mm-hmm. Um, if you knew like this, like newly graduated, like young adult, young professional with his wife, like was coming to be a member of your church and they came from CEO. 
Oh, yeah. It's like, you awesome. know what you're getting, right? Like, yeah, so. it is so great. I mean, Sam and I came through it, so did my wife, and that's how we were trained up. But I think back on all the class, like our class, um, graduating class, if you will, of like 30 friends that we've had, and they're businessmen uh, and women. They're also, some are missionaries, some some work for CO still, some are like Sam and I are church planters and my wife, yeah. you know. Um, but every, every one of those has lasted in, even if they're a, even if they're a business professional, like you talk to them, it's like, man, I'm trying to build a relationship with my coworker. We're having one for dinner. Mm -hmm. My wife and I are praying for them. We're trying to share the gospel. Like they are lifestyle missionary. Like the, it, the, the work that CO does and the investment that you guys do will last a lifetime because it's not just seeing someone come to know Jesus as a quick saving faith, but it's a investing discipleship to where it changes the mindset to the proper biblical mindset of, yeah. Hey, if we're Christians, like we should think like this, we're ambassadors for the King. Like our job right. is to let other people know about Christ. And I would say more than any other ministry I've ever seen or been a part of, I think it's what Piper said, what he said is um, it produces disciple making disciples people who share their faith you know i think the statistics of christians especially in, a, in america is really low whoever share their faith like less than 10 percent. yeah but if you just take the snapshot of campus outreach i would bet that percentage is is like probably 80 90 percent mm -hmm. share their faith regularly um because it's what's invested and i think that's awesome i know like i said i i know it's what shaped me you know, I, I never knew anything different. I came to Christ through Campus Outreach and started sharing my faith with my fraternity brothers immediately. Yeah. Was taught that, and, and that was all. I, that, that's what Christianity was. Like, you well, we've that. talked about this before. We did like four or five episodes on multiplication. Mm -hmm. And it's really just the platform in which Christ sanctifies us and teaches us and, and leads us. And so it's an outlet. Um, to do his work, obviously, but he's sovereign, you know, so he, he doesn't need us to do it, but he invites us into right. the mission of uh, evangelism. And through that, we get so many blessings. Mm -hmm. And there's there's trials too, of course, but right. it's really the the platform to which we live out our life right. through evangelism. My second question, um, you, you mentioned about uh, genuineness, like it's super important at the college level. Yeah, they have a big detector for that. Yeah. And I, I think I've seen that a lot. I was I was uh, the, the same way. And um, one of the things that I've noticed, like we loved like listening to John Piper in those days. Like, like John Piper, MacArthur, Tim Keller, like people who really taught the Bible. Yeah. Like no fluff, no frills, not seeker sensitive, just really Bible- like kind of old school, yeah. traditional Bible preachers, just like Piper's in the 60s and 70s, and he preaches at Passion, and tons of college students want to come hear John Piper. Mm -hmm. Why do you think, like your opinion, why do you think that is? Why why are college students drawn to to guys like Piper versus a Stephen Furtick that's seeker sensitive well, who, and not? What college students are you saying are drawn to him? Because I wouldn't think that at all. I mean... Everybody in CO when I when I was at EKU, it's when I got introduced. Like that's all I wanted. I'm like, is that where he gave that um, "Don't waste your life" speech? 
or is that before you? I, it might have even been before me, have but I, I just him? remember, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, I just remember coming to know Jesus and like craving the word, and and I wanted to hear guys like Piper. Yeah, like I had that same as a truly lost. Like I didn't grow up in the church. I wasn't like right around the cultural Christianity. And when I came to Christ, like I wanted to know what the Bible said. Yeah. I wanted someone to, to teach it in a way that I could understand what the scriptures actually meant versus a motivational speech with a with a Bible verse. Well, I think that shows that you were introduced correctly to the gospel because mm-hmm. I can I can um, relate to the opposite. Mm-hmm. When I was first saved in high school and college, I, I was not taught correctly mm-hmm. i was not discipled correctly and so i remember like a friend of mine loved john piper he gave me desiring god i read the book and liked the book mm-hmm. but never really enjoyed piper sermons like to me they just weren't mm-hmm. applicable enough they weren't relevant and so you <laughs> right. can see like my immaturity sh- showed a like distaste mm-hmm. for those people now when i got to the field and was taught biblical doctrine right dude i was four sermons a day like chandler Keller, Piper, <laughs> right. MacArthur. Right. <laughs> like, it was like my round robin. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, I think it's because once you learn truth, like, you see truth and you mm-hmm. you hear it and it, it resonates with you and you want more and more of it. Yeah. But you just said a mouthful because <laughs> you, the relevance part, you know, as a young kid or whatever, what you were introduced with, how that, how did, how did your faith progress? It did not regress. <laughs> right. And when you were in real life, like when you were in so here's SEALs. W- w- what I'll say is my faith progressed as much as I was actively involved in a ministry. And as soon as I left, because I was doing, I was a Young Life leader, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything bad about Young Life. Right. Um, and we're not trying to say bad about any other ministries no. either necessarily. But. but once I left Young Life, mm-hmm. then my faith declined because I had no platform because mm-hmm. I wasn't taught that the platform to live my Christian life was through evangelism in everyday life. I was taught that it looked, the only outlet was through a ministry. Mm-hmm. So when I lost that ministry, I lost my reason to be a Christian almost. Mm-hmm. And so it just was a slow, steady decline after that. Right. Because your identity wasn't really found in Jesus. It was more found in ministry. the ministry. Yeah, because I thought I was doing right. And I wasn't really taught how mm-hmm. to do that outside of the ministry. And I think that's applicable to church. So many people identify with going to church or being a part of a church, but they never share their faith or they don't like outside of going to church, they don't really live out their faith. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that very thing is they're not really desiring God. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and it's a very yeah. fine line. But anyway, I, I just say that to say like, you know, so often when Sam and I came and planted this church, I mean, we were told everything we do wouldn't work. Right. You know, but I was convinced the opposite. Truly lost people want to actually understand the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it's proven to be true. You know, like yeah. it's actually the opposite. And the same thing happens in Camp Salaries. Like they would say, oh, you're not going to reach fraternity people and athletes and all this stuff with like Bible studies. Yeah. The opposite will happen. Yeah. Because they want what's true. Mm-hmm. You know, we're told, the world kind of tells you, that's the way the world works, right? Like, let me let me give you this uh, marketing campaign that... Methods. Methods that gets yep. to your, and it'll draw you in. And it's like, no, we need to believe that God's good enough and big enough on his own 
that when his glory is displayed through his word, when his servants go and show people what that looks like, he will draw people to himself. That's accurately what happens, you know? Yeah, so a, a verse we've been um, looking at and leaning on a lot while we're starting this off is Psalm thirty-three, seventeen: mm. A horse is a false hope for victory, nor does it deliver anyone by its great strength. Um, yeah, just 17. So we have a tendency of depending on our methods mm-hmm. and our strategies. And in this case, it's it's referring to war. Like mm-hmm. we depend on the war horse. We depend on our um, our strong warriors and mm-hmm. our, you know, our archers and all this stuff. But that's not what wins the war. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the Lord does it all. And he right. does it through certain methods. Absolutely. But we can't depend and put our hope in any of those methods. Right, right now we're being faced with that going into this campus with all the COVID restrictions. Yeah. And the guy that's leading us, he's like, I've been doing this 19 years. Unfortunately, you don't really get any of my <laughs> any of my wisdom and experience because I've never done it in this situation. So right. we're just, and tomorrow morning is our first day. And we're just going to go and, and hang out and get a feel for the campus and see, see what it's like. Yeah. yeah. And fully depend on the Lord as we go. Mm-hmm. And that's been awesome too. We, we've been in the same boat as a church. You know, none of us have ever done anything like, church in the middle of covid or anything yeah. or sam and i and our elders we've been praying through it and figuring it out but um but it's been awesome to see the gospel has continued to, to go forward we've had in the past month we've had seven people come to the, the lord yeah we this to the, this morning we had nine more than nine visitors we had nine visitor cards a couple of them were couples so mm-hmm. and it's like you think nobody's coming to church right now, but <laughs> yeah. but God just continues to draw people and and move and which you know. so and those numbers you're talking about those seem laughable to these big, um, these big like recognizable mm-hmm. ministries because they count them so differently. But oh, yeah. like we know how much that one person means to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Not that they don't. I'm just saying a salvation right is. Um, well, I don't, I don't know. It's hard well, to say this without disparaging anybody. Here's here's so how say. we look. Here's how we look at it. You know, numbers, whichever way they go, that doesn't matter that much. Um, what we care about is we're going to be faithful to the word, and God's going to draw people to Himself. I care about our people learning and growing in, in discipleship and becoming. Um, disciple makers becoming people who share their faith becoming people who reach people in their own world that's what i care about we care about equipping the saints for the work of the ministry ephesians 4 and so when we see that fruit of you know all these visitors people are coming up to me they, they've they've been trying to reach them they've been meeting them they've been inviting them or they've been sharing the gospel and they've they're starting to come right yeah. so that's what gets me excited and then what i care about more than anything else is true disciples you know, I, I want them to hear the word preached and, uh, you know, sing the word. But ultimately, it's it's a day in and day out, people sharing their faith with them, doing discipleship, reading the word of God, them growing. Um, the mark of health and success is us having members who truly love God, truly love his word, want to grow in it, yeah. and want to tell other people about Jesus. Like, that's those are the numbers that I look at and say, that's healthy. Mm-hmm. That's great because... Well, we have about 150 members, but I know the Lord with 150 committed members who actually love the Lord are going to make a much bigger impact than if we have a crowd of a thousand 
but it's an an inch deep, a mile yeah. wide. Like we're barely teaching them anything, or they're not they're not really growing in Christ. They're more just coming like moralism or learning how to be a good church person. Like yeah. that to me, that's not good. That's not healthy, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, look, Christ walked with twelve guys. Yeah. So and really only eleven right. of them turned out. So and so we're we're excited about, like I said, just the gospel fruit that's happening. And, you know, and if the Lord decided that he wanted us to have a thousand people, I just wanted to be a thousand who are Navy me- Seals. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> meeting that description of like true, true lovers of God, love God and love others and want to share their faith. Like that's, that's what I care about more than anything else. Yeah. And our long lasting laborers, same kind of mission. Yeah. We want to create laborers. We want to invest in and build up laborers. And just like you're doing on the college campus, that's why it's such a great marriage between our church and campus outreach. Like for us to be the home church of this one and and to send you guys out because the mission's the same. It's yeah. just in a different context. Totally. You know, you guys are in a micro ministry. We're macro. You know, you're focused on just college students where we're trying to invest in from baby all the way through. Mm-hmm. You know. But well, that's thing. one of the big things we want to leave them with is how to find and seek out a healthy local mm-hmm. church as soon as they leave. Absolutely. You know, so they can serve and also be fed mm-hmm. and just plant roots and, you know, right. begin to grow there. Because that's the other thing that's awesome about CO is you guys don't try to pretend like you're the church. You try to be a what you are, which is parachurch, which mm-hmm. is to help the church. Exactly. You know, reach, be a missionary on the campus and bring the, the, the college students into a local church for a lifetime. When they tried that for a long time, um, Basically, the first half of campus outreach mm-hmm. was was that mm-hmm. you know they they kind of uh, were misguided in that they didn't realize the importance of the local church because they were so mm-hmm. good at what they did right and so it's been the past fifteen years that they've really like focused mm-hmm. um, heavily on we have to plant with a local church yeah yeah because it's it's great but God designed the local church and so we gotta that's where the roots have to be planted for long-term growth, you know, um, but it's awesome. Uh, so let's, let's end this podcast. We're not ending immediately, but the last half of this, let's talk about, we talked beforehand three, you know, how many did you get? Four or three? Already said one of them. Uh, (laughs) Psalm 33. So I asked Josh to think through what are, what are three to four kind of lessons that would apply to all of us generally as Christians in our own worlds that he's learning uh, as they're embarking on this ministry for the campus at Southeastern? So the first one, um, and I felt the need for this mm-hmm. before I was going to the ministry, just as, you know, Christian um, trying to be um, a disciple maker, mm-hmm. trying to be evangelical in my day-to-day life. But it's about just a compassion for the souls of people around me. Okay. And um, Matthew nine thirty-five through 38 says... Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Mm. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord or pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Um, so this like the compassion that Jesus felt here, this is something we've been like being taught through um, during the weeks leading up. Mm -hmm. 
is basically this like physical pain, this gut wrenching pain in Jesus's stomach mm-hmm. when he sees like his sheep being led astray mm-hmm. and without a shepherd and being harassed. Um, and so <clears throat> it follows that up though with therefore beseech the Lord, like pray to the Lord of the harvest. So yes, we need we need um, laborers to go and harvest the fields, but mm-hmm. more importantly, we have to pray that God gives us the the same compassion that Jesus had for his people. Mm. And it's a compassion that leads to action because it's burdensome. Like it's not an empathy. Mm -hmm. It's this like burden that's on our shoulders that we have to care for the souls of the people that God puts in our lives. Mm -hmm. That's Um, awesome. I think uh, a lot of us can relate to that. Many listening may say like, man, I, I know I'm supposed to share my faith, but I don't really have a burden for my neighbors or I don't have a burden for my coworkers. I don't have a burden for, and a lot of times there's a lot of guilt associated with that or whatever. But I love what you're saying is like, no, if we don't, there's something to be done about that. Yeah. We pray, we seek God. It's really not expected that you are able to have Mm -hmm. that type of burden. Like it's a God given thing. That's the Holy spirit inspired. Yeah. I was telling a friend about this and, um, he was like, oh, you know, it's, it may just not be for everybody. You should just find something that's more suitable for you. Mm. And I totally reject that. I'm like, yeah. no, God wants to give us compassion for the lost. It's not just for those, like, you see some people, like, raising their hand in church and, and weeping. That's, like, some of that is personality driven. But I think also mm-hmm. it's a compassion and a burden that God, like, builds up and he gives to you, you know, mm-hmm. in his grace. Yeah. And we can definitely pray for that. Yeah. And I love that because it kind of goes with that that idea in James 1. We talked about 1-5 where it says, you know, if we lack wisdom, let us seek God. But just like with anxiety in Philippians 4, when we have anxiety, we're supposed to take it to the Lord. Like everything should be, hey, when I see a weakness and something that I should have, it's not it's not accepted or say, no, I'm just not meant for that. Yeah, it's It's probably something that God's using to push you to be more dependent upon him. Say, I know I'm supposed to have compassion for the lost, so therefore I need God to help me have compassion for the lost. Yeah, yeah there's just, just this false belief that we're this like specially shaped peg and we have to find our specially shaped hole to fill God's role in the mm-hmm. kingdom. That's not true at all. Like right. the gospel transforms us and right. so does his word. And so um, we need to press into that and um, be transformed and that's what's most glorifying to God. So, right. uh, so the second thing would be, our strategy going into this is, um, I said before, like this is year zero for mm-hmm. us. So we're going to take the time this semester to really get to know the campus very, very well. Um, meet faculty and staff that can help give us access to the campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to be the experts of the campus and know everything about it. Um, and like relationally, we're obviously going to be meeting a lot of students, asking a lot of questions, Mm -hmm. um, getting to know people. We're probably not going to be doing a lot of like on the spot sharing the gospel Mm -hmm. with people. You know, like we're, because once you do share the gospel and someone accepts Christ, then you need to disciple them. And so it's a little counterintuitive, but we're really not going to go that deep this semester. We're going to be very observational, investigative, like, you know, what are the frats on campus? Like, where the athletes hang out? Um, because if we go super deep with, let's say, first of all, there's only two of us. Mm-hmm. And so we'll get bogged down really quick. We're building a ministry. This isn't just for our own ministry. This is for the ministry on Southeastern's campus. Right. Um, 
we don't want to get too bogged down and like be ineffective. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to take the time to build a, a better foundation um, by just being a little more broad at first before we decide where we're going to strategically, because mm-hmm. uh, we're not sovereign, you know, the Lord's leading us. We right. don't know the future. Um, so we can't just pick the four, like four first guys that, you know, right. have a pulse and want to hear the gospel <laughs> to like spend the rest of our, you know, four years with. Right. So yeah, you're thinking long-term thinking. Yeah, which I think in maybe your personal ministry, you can be a little more like whoever God has in your life you can start to go deep with. So this may not be as applicable for um, your everyday Christian, you know, who's being but, missional. But the, the I think the application for us, you know, speaking as, you know, taking my pastor's hat off and just thinking as a as a husband, father who lives in a neighborhood or whatever, you know, beginning to take the landscape of who are my neighbors, taking the landscape of, you know, if if I'm working in a business, who are my coworkers and and beginning to pray for them and beginning and begin to build relationships and see how God moves in those relationships and then begin to go deeper in those conversations. So I think you're thinking of an entire campus that you're trying to get the landscape and then figure out where to go deep with, whereas for us who are in the workplace or, or whatever, you know, God's already placed us somewhere. Yeah. And so our world's a little smaller. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little easier for us to, to know where we need to invest. However, even with our neighbors or our coworkers, it's good to take some time to build relationships and pray and see how the Lord develops those relationships and because he's the one that's going to draw people and yeah and open up those conversations but we should be ready to share the the gospel and be intentional with trying to share the gospel with those neighbors yeah it kind of depends this is like dangerous advice maybe but i'm going to preface it like mm-hmm. if you're really quick to like get someone into doing a bible study with you mm-hmm. like but you're not able to be sensitive to the fact that they may just be responding to your intentionality mm-hmm. there's not really a desire and a hunger for the word. Sure. And so you're maybe being a little too um, too intentional, you know, mm. and so you got to give them a little space to see if they're actually seeking, even for their own sake, you know, mm. like, and so that's a little, that's sure. not for everyone though. Like some people struggle with not being bold enough, but yeah. there, there are those that, you know, they're just like, hey, we're meeting tomorrow. Like we're going we're gonna to mm. go through this. Like make sure you do your homework, da, 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 da. And you never give them the opportunity to even see for themselves if they actually, right. you know, are growing and um, being drawn by God. Well, I think a good application for that, for to what you're saying, and I think it's true, is it's really about our own hearts. Like why are we being intentional? Are we mm. just trying to get someone to do what we want them to do? Or are we walking with God, praying every day and asking the Lord and trying to see what God's doing there and and allowing God to do the work, us giving opportunities for talking about Jesus and, you know, throwing out like, hey, you want to do an investigative Bible study? But then seeing if they respond to that versus like pounding it in such a way that... They really don't have a chance. Because <laughs> some people you know, may be so influential that people just, they're always going to tell them yes. I don't have the problem, but like some people <laughs> right. do. And so they never, they think like, mm-hmm. you know, all these people are really being drawn, but they're just mm-hmm. coercing and, and it's not done with a right evil heart, but sometimes a little bit selfish. But I will say for most of us listening, if you're going to err, if you're going to err on one side, err on being overly intentional, not less, because right. most of us are not intentional enough. Yeah. So. And severely lacking, I think, in um, so many 
circles, like mm-hmm. people just being genuinely cared for. Mm-hmm. And that is something you don't have to ease off on. No, yeah, like definitely. Your intentionality in caring for them, you know, that can be bold and out there. And in your Absolutely. Because people love that. They respond to that. Mm-hmm. All right, you got one more? Uh, the last one would just be something we're thinking of. Um, we're trying to think long-term the f- as, like, foundational goes. Um, how are we going to protect this ministry? Um, you know, the multi-generational, like, there's mm-hmm. this erosion that happens as you go from um, maybe, like, campus director number one to number two to number three and the generations of Christians that you bring through your ministry. Mm-hmm. And campus outreach is like a four-year cycle, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you're meeting freshmen and then they graduate. And so how are we going to protect through the student leaders that we bring in and then the, the student leaders that they bring in, mm-hmm. you know, because we're very like once once you're leading and you're a student leader, like who are who are your people like mm-hmm. in your circle that you're bringing up through this? Um, so how are we going to protect against that um, erosion of the values? And it's really just to be more about the heart. Pastor Sam preached this morning on the heart of a missionary and it's mm-hmm. so applicable like let's spend way more time focusing on the heart of our mission mm-hmm. than the methods of our mission. Yeah. And I, and if you want to hear that, that sermon, go to um, our field church's podcast. That sermon will be posted uh, today where it is um, the Sunday, August 16th. So if you're wanting to hear that message, uh, I really highly recommend it. Sam did a great job. Yeah. Um, but that heart of a missionary is a lot about what, Josh has been learning for campus outreach and and it's really what we all need to learn as Christians Mm -hmm. um, is that what it looks like to have the heart of a missionary um, and to live a lifetime of of using your life to let people know about the kingdom of God and seeing more and more people come to know God through through our life and through um, sharing the gospel so well awesome brother well I'm super uh, excited and uh i know i've been praying i'm i'm one of those on your support team yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so i'm excited um and uh i can't wait to see you know 20 years from now um the amount of uh young adults you know with families who are lifestyle evangelists that are in our church or around the world and other churches or other places yeah um, that come because of just being faithful on the college campus, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, we're excited. It's going to make a difference in the entire world. Well, I want to end this podcast with uh, praying. I want to pray for campus outreach. All right. And then, uh, and uh, I think that'll be great. So I hope everybody. See the music. Yeah. <laughs> and it just cuts off. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to pray, and uh, I hope everyone who's listening would. Um, join and continue to pray and lift up campus outreach um, for what God's going to do there and through your families, for you and for Brittany and your family and for Matt and hopefully for future laborers who come on your staff. Mm -hmm. So that'll be awesome. Yeah, shout out to my boy Matt who's uh, partnering with us. Yeah. Um, What's Matt's last name? I always forget. Gilbo. Gilbo. Yeah. So if you're He just graduated LSU and uh, on staff at CO now and starting up this new campus with us. That's awesome. Yeah, just Fellow plank owner, pioneer. Yeah. So be... uh, Be praying for Matt as well. So let's pray. Father God, we are grateful um, for the opportunities that we have to show and share about your son Jesus, our King and our Lord, who who is because of him and his death on the cross that any of us are able to know you, uh, be saved, and have an eternal life with you forever. And God, we know that your way that you um, plan
plan to spread the the news of the gospel and spread your kingdom throughout the entire earth is through your your children, through us who know you. And so, God, I just pray um, for campus outreach as they're on the campus and laboring to to be a light of the gospel and to share the gospel with college students. Lord, I pray that um, it would be a fruitful time that many would come to know you through this ministry that you would raise up future staff members and laborers for this ministry and that um, the world would be changed um, through ministries like this as um, as students are coming to know you and putting their life um, down and picking up their cross and following you so that they would be laborers throughout the world. Um, there'd be future politicians, future doctors, lawyers, future businessmen and women, future missionaries, future preachers and teachers, God, um, and that your name would be made great and your glory would be given through this ministry. I pray that you would um, bear much fruit that only you can do, God, through this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Later. Thank you for listening to the Change Up podcast. This podcast is made possible by The Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana. If you don't have a home church, please come check us out. We have service times at 845 and 1045 on Sundays, and you can find more information at thefieldnola.com. If you found this podcast to be helpful, please share it with a friend or family member and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other people just like you find us.